Welcome to Raw Relationships, the podcast that keeps relationships real and wonderful. I'm Melissa, and I'm your host. So welcome, listeners, to my podcast, and tonight I have the great pleasure of interviewing Daryl Fletcher. Um, Daryl is a life coach, and he is also called to ignite passion in the hearts and minds of individuals. His presence is dynamic, and his energy is contagious. Whether on stage or in a consulting session, Daryl always brings his A-game. A well-sought-after speaker and workshop facilitator, Daryl has spoken to audiences all over North America and the Caribbean. As a speaker, coach, and author, Daryl Fletcher gives individuals and organizations life-changing tools to be effective in their personal and professional relationships. Daryl has spent over 20 years coaching and counseling individuals how to overcome challenges. He adds value to his clients by addressing issues of communication, conflict resolution, and relationships. His sessions are filled with practical methods and spiritual insight on how to overcome challenges professionally and personally. Daryl is the author to several books and the author of the best-selling book that I cut right off of my notes. So we're going to welcome Daryl. Welcome. How are you? (laughs) Hey, how you doing? Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. You're welcome. Now, what is the name of your best-selling book? Because uh, it's not on my paper. <laughs> so, so the best-selling book is called Disgustingly Beautiful, The Good, Bad, and Ugly of Couples. It's a panoramic guide to better relationships. And so uh, let me tell you a little story, if you don't mind. Um, sure, sure. I was married for 16 years, and throughout that marriage, I thought I was a good communicator. But unfortunately, I realized I was a good talker and not a good communicator uh, because communication uh, requires connecting and talking just requires words. And so over the course of that 16 years, I made bad decisions and, and just, you know, through a plethora of uh, a sequence of events, um, you know, I, I went through a divorce. And so uh, throughout that course of going, going divorce, I got some coaching, got some counseling, got some consulting. And uh, one of the things my, one of my coaches said to me, he was said, like, Daryl, you got, you got a problem with being vulnerable. And I was like, what? What are you talking about? I mean, like, I, I think I'm the most vulnerable person in the world. I was like, no, when it comes to relationships, you have a problem being vulnerable and you have commitment issues. And I'm like, oh, my goodness, are you seriously? I was married for 16 years. How could I have commitment issues? It says, just because you were married doesn't mean you were there. And I was like, Mm -hmm. wow. And so. Yeah, it's not huge. Yeah, yeah. So when I throughout that course, I just like, okay, well, what does a re- good relationship look like? And so uh, I began to journal, and my journal actually turned into my my book, uh, Disgustingly Beautiful, The Good, Bad, and Ugly of Couples. And uh, it's a book broken down into three sections, a single section, a dating section, and a marriage section. And it basically covers, you know, I interviewed over 300 people for this book simply asking them the question, what does it take to have a good relationship? From a couple that was, that was married for 54 years to a couple that was on their first-time date. And um, mm-hmm. I just got some great insight, got some great information, matched that with the 
study of human behavior, there you have my book. And it's something that I had to live because I realized that I was an incomplete person looking for somebody to complete me when there's no such thing. Yeah, yeah. And that's really <clears throat> seems to be the topic of discussion on my interviews, even though that's not, you know, it's not always the plan, but it seems to really come to that. You know, we're all looking for something outside of ourselves, and that's just it's opposite of what we need to do. <laughs> exactly. And we just have to get to that point where we realize that, you know what? Um, mm-hmm. if, if I'm not happy by myself, then I can't look for someone else to make me happy. One of the things that I quote all the time when I'm doing consulting sessions is, uh, if you get married empty and you're looking for your spouse or your significant other to fill you up, you will blame them when it doesn't happen. And mm-hmm. they're not supposed to fill you up. All they're supposed to do is stir what's in the pot. So it's your responsibility mm-hmm. to, 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 to fill yourself up, and it's your responsibility to find that wholeness that you need in order to bring uh, your best self to the table uh, when it mm-hmm. comes to relationships. Because a lot of times we don't even need – some people don't even need to be in a relationship. They just want companionship, and I get it, and I understand. But in order to have a relationship, guess what? You have to take that key word and have – a meaning of being able to relate. If you're not able to relate, it's going to be hard for you to have a relationship. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think, like you said, when when people kind of blame outwards, you know, saying you're not um, living up to what I want, right? Like these expectations mm-hmm. you had of this person that are totally, uh, like, not reasonable because they're exactly. your expectations and your perception, <laughs> which is going to be yeah. totally different because we all have different, right? <laughs> exactly. And, and, you know, the thing about that is when we have our hopes, dreams, and mm-hmm. expectations, I guess you can say, uh, you know, within, within ourselves, you know what that looks like to the other person? It looks like a demand. And yeah. demands are never good in relationships. And so one of the key things that we really have to begin to really understand is that it's, it's about connecting, connecting right where we are, We're connecting right where that person is and just giving each other the opportunity to build a bridge to connect. I may not talk like you. I may not look like you. We may have different upbringings. We may have, a, you know, just a whole bunch of things that are different about us. But the one key thing is it's about compatibility, and it's about we were designed to complement each other. We weren't designed to, uh, to, to compete with one another. Think of it this way. Yeah. If you look at a, uh, a screw and a nut, right, a screw mm-hmm. and a nut are completely different in shape, completely different in size, completely different in design and structure. But there's one thing that that connects them, and that's those little circles and those little ribs. And a nut by itself can't do too much of a job, and a screw by itself can do an all right or a decent job. But when you put those two together, they can accomplish something. And so one of the things that I always talk about you know, when, when, I'm, when I'm working with couples is what, were you, what, were you, what are you guys supposed to do while you're together? 
You know, what's your purpose? What's the purpose behind your relationship? Because if you don't have any purpose, guess what? You don't have nothing to fight for. Mm-hmm. And so when That's you have exactly. something to fight for, it's hard to fight each other. So mm-hmm. I don't know how many couples we, probably have no idea what their purpose together is. Exactly. They don't yeah. they just got together because somebody was cute and somebody smiled at each other in the club and like, All right, let's go. And so pretty mm-hmm. much that's the, the staple for their relationship. So it's important that we really begin to understand that we, should, we ought to approach our relationships with purpose um, right. because this is what purpose does. Like, yeah. you know, uh, I, live in, I live in Georgia, right? So mm-hmm. if I wanted to drive to New York, that would take me north. So let's right. say New York is my goal, right? And so I'm driving in my car. I see somebody that wants to get in my car. They get in my car, and they say, well, hey, man, let's go to Miami. You know what? you got to get out of my car because my purpose or my destination is north. You're trying to take me south. And so we sometimes make relationships harder for ourselves because if we have goals, if we have aspirations, if we have choices or purpose behind us, then guess what? Uh, you know, it makes our decision-making process easy. When you meet somebody and they're, and they're not in alignment with what your goals are, what your purpose is, you know what? Yeah. There's no reason to even for us to even entertain each other. So let's just yeah. keep it moving. Yeah, yeah. And I totally agree with that. Like I, I was even saying to my hubby a while ago, he said I was crazy, but I said it's almost like a person needs to sit down. Once their relationship gets serious enough to make mm-hmm. a decision, are we going to do something? There should be like a resume. You should be, what is your purpose? What are your goals? Yeah. What are your strengths? What are your weaknesses? You know, if we sat yep. down and communicated these things with a potential, we wouldn't waste a whole bunch of time and, and hate and energy and all this crap that comes up when when things don't work out, when you could have found out right away. You know, I know some of the people I dated, if I would have interviewed them, I would have ran right that second. <laughs> I wouldn't have wasted one more minute. I would have been yeah. like, I'm out of here, you know. So, you know, and if a person won't fill it out, then that just tells you that their purpose isn't the same as yours if they can't even take yeah. two minutes to fill out a question, right? Um, but he thinks exactly. it's crazy. He's like, who would do that? And I'm like, well, I would. <laughs> what do you think about that? I, I tell people like this, you know, every business that you come into contact with has a mission statement and a vision statement. And I don't think that our businesses are better than our relationships when it comes to our goals. So, you know, when when it comes to what, if you're just winging it, okay, Mm -hmm. fine. That's that's your thing. If if, if you have no goals, if you have no aspirations of doing anything with, you know, with your life from standpoint of relationship, that that, that may work. But if you have some sort of intention, some sort of goal, some sort of idea like, you know what, I want to get somewhere. Nobody starts a race with, with, with the with the uh, mindset of you know what I'm not going to cross the finish line. Every yeah. every race that is started, you know, it's like hey, we got to get to the finish line. So what does the finish yeah. line look like for you when it pertains as it pertains to your relationships? Are you just want to be a serial dater and date for and date for the rest of your life and just get with this person until you're 60 years old until and then now you don't have it anymore? Or do you want to build something? Do you want to grow? Do you want to establish something by by the sense of purpose. 
because we, 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 we sometimes approach relationships. Like the first chapter of my book, uh, Discussing the Beautiful, is called You're the Plan That I Never Thought Of. And so it tells the story of me shopping one Christmas, right? And I'm shopping, and I'm going to get some, 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 um, some gifts wrapped. And so the lady points out to me on the wall. She says, okay, um, here, are, here are your choices of wrapping. And the wrapping, I have to tell you, was beautiful. It was immaculate. Like, it was like 10 beautiful boxes just sitting up there, just looking all beautiful, beautifully wrapped. And I was like, wow. Okay, so I selected my, my wrapping, uh, and, you know, she started wrapping. But I kept staring at this wrapping, and I began to think, this wrapping is beautiful, and the packaging is beautiful, but it's empty on the inside. Yeah. And I really begin to think, that's how people date. That's how people yeah. date in their lives. They look at the exterior. They look at the packaging and thinking, oh, man, that, that person is beautiful. And they very well may be beautiful on the outside. But what about them on the inside? What is it gonna? What 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 is it gonna? What what makes them tick? What is their value system versus that immediate desire that so many times we look for? It's a person's yeah. value system that makes uh, them hold your hand if you're sick. It's a person's value system that gives a person the energy that if you know you t- you guys fall on tough financial times that you grit it out and and just you know grit it through. It's a person's value system that, you know, if they may be dealing with some emotional issues, that you stick by them and help them through what's what's going on. It's not how cute they are. It's not how good they look in a pair of jeans or, you know, you know, how they look, you know, when they're when they're in their tights or whatever whatever they got on. It's mm-hmm. what's on the inside that matters. And I know I can hear some people saying now, but you know that the the first thing that we have to go by is what we see. That is true. And I'm not telling you to neglect, you know, your 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 what you like, you know, because people say they have a type. But let, let's let's just think about it this way. What That's has your type? Limits on it. If you're putting, if you have a type, I always tell people that maybe your type isn't what you think your type is. <laughs> I was just about to say that. I said let's yeah. let's, let's look at where where your where your type has gotten you. If you line up all the yeah. people that you quote unquote were your type, then wouldn't you be wouldn't you still be with that particular person? So sometimes mm-hmm. we may have to go outside the boundaries of what we think our type is. Sometimes we may have to to step outside the box and begin to do something a little bit different. And that's why I named the yeah. chapter You're the Plan That I Never Thought Of because, you know, we meet people sometimes like, oh, I just like them as a friend. But guess what? When it's all said and done, the best couples are best friends. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. So you're just trying to be best friends or, or, or I would say like this. You're trying to find a beautiful best friend rather than being a friend first. Mm-hmm. Which is kind of not going to get you very far. I mean, exactly. <laughs> in my exactly. opinion, right? it's gotten you nowhere. Yeah, yeah. It's um, it, it just it kind of makes me laugh because even um, I've heard people say, "Well, 
if he smokes, I would never even. And I'm thinking like, same thing, right? Maybe he could quit smoking, right? <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. that's, you kind of limit your playing field when you're putting limits on it. And yeah. you're also being judgmental at the same time too, right? Like mm-hmm. you may not like it and that's okay, but that doesn't make a person a bad person if they smoke cigarettes or if they drink alcohol or, you know what I mean? Um, yeah, it's, it's what's going on the inside of that person and that, yeah. that really defines who that person mm-hmm. really is. And also another thing that comes up uh, I wanted to throw in there was I saw, I want to get your take on this. I saw an article the other day that said um, it was a man and a woman talking about how a woman has to, it doesn't matter if you have kids running around, you you need to be dressed up for your man when he comes home, and you need to have <laughs> makeup done. And I so I asked my hubby, I'm like, because I am never done up. Well, sometimes if I've gone to town, <laughs> for the most part, I have two little kids, so I'm you know comfy pants all the way. But I asked him, I'm like, is that a big deal to you? You know, do you think I'm just frumpy and gross? And he's like, no. And I'm like, oh, I don't know if I believe you. But what is your take on that? Because I, 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 yeah, I think it's based upon each individual relationship. Um, mm-hmm. You have to decide and define what works for you uh, in that regard. Mm-hmm. If, you, if you have a spouse or a significant other that likes you to be, you know, all dolled up, then guess what? Mm-hmm. Based upon, you know, the, the connection and communication in that relationship, you know, you got to pay attention to that because that's something yeah. that will, will either enhance or cause disconnection in your relationship. But here's yeah. another thing, you know, just going back to those demands that we sometimes put on people. Me and my wife, uh, we, we, we talk about, um, we, we say it this way, it goes both ways. If there's a demand that you want to put on your significant other, then don't be shocked, don't be surprised, and be ready to embrace their demands, if, if, if I can use that term. And what, but what right. I'm basically saying is you have to be willing to – you're going to have to be willing to sacrifice what you desire for what they desire as well. Uh, mm-hmm. me, me and my wife, uh, we call it like we, – we, we see it like this. We have a submission competition. And so what a submission competition basically looks like is when we look to serve each other. When we both serve one another, then no one loses. If I'm doing yeah. the things that I know that pleases her and she's doing the thing that she knows that pleases me, then who's losing? Nobody's mm-hmm. losing. So no, it's basically I mean, a competition. Totally yeah, it's yeah. A basically a competition to please at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And so many people get caught up in, like even myself, you know, sometimes I get caught up in demands even though, you know, they're not me being a grump or anything, but it's just my way of doing things, right? Being a mom mm-hmm. and, and all that. And and then I'm like, oh, geez, don't do that. <laughs> so I'm aware now. So I, I'll just say I'm sorry to him. But, you know, when I wasn't aware of it, it was like I would just bark and then he would bark back at me. And it would be, a, mm-hmm. you know, then all that energy is just horrible. And, it, you know, two people can't go on long like that because it's just it's not nice right 
Then I if think not, it brings in a whole bunch of resentment and, and all that kind of stuff. And, and everything else. Yeah. Yeah. And then you have to work through that. And if you can, you know, like me and my hubby, we're lucky enough that we're both mature enough to talk about things. But, you mm-hmm. know, some people can't do that. And there has to be, I kind of like how Dr. Phil always says, there has to, somebody's got to be the hero, right? Even mm-hmm. if, if your relationship's not working, if you, one person can take a stand forward and just change themselves, um, which leads me to a question for you uh, about purpose. Um, to have a purpose in a relationship, would one have to have their own purpose first, their own sense of purpose first, right? Yeah, and and the thing about that is the important thing that we really have to begin to understand about that is two people's purpose should complement each other. Mm-hmm. And so you know, if if put it like this, you know, if I know what my purpose is, uh, you know, reaching people, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but then I connect myself with someone who's not a people person. Mm-hmm. And then I'm like, well, you know, this is a part of my job or this is a part of my purpose or, you know, whatever the case may be, how, you know, we phrase it. The thing about it is you really have to begin to understand that, you know what, if that's the case, then you should have took a better look when you were making that decision to date someone. But the thing about it is, you know, we try to, we try to manipulate people sometimes into situations yeah. and push them into, oh, well, oh, 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 you know, I can make them or I can change them. I, I, I've been, I went, and I was married for 16 years uh, before, you know, my marriage ended. And that was one of the things that I tried to do. I tried to change uh, my, my, my previous mate. And guess what? Mm-hmm. It didn't work. So if you're looking to change somebody from the standpoint of getting, when you get into a relationship, then what you're doing is setting yourself up for heartbreak. Because at the end of the day, if, if, if they won't change for themselves, why would they change for you? And most yeah. people that I know, they love themselves more than they love the people that they're with. So, yeah. if, you know, even if, like you brought up smoking, right? So mm-hmm. I, I, I can remember when, even when I was dating, there was a young lady uh, that, that uh, you know, she smoked. And I was like, mm, I'm really not into too much into smokers. And mm-hmm. so she was like, well, I'll, I'll, I'll stop for you. And I said, mm. and I considered it. I considered mm-hmm. it. But I was like, then I had to think about it. I was like, um, if you won't stop for yourself because that's your health, yeah. then you're not going to stop yeah. for me. Yeah. So here, here, here is it. Here's where we lie. We lie at the point of if you want to make a change in your life, I will help you. But I'm not going to, you know, put a demand on your life for you to change and you resent me in the end. You know, yeah. so it's it's just one of those things where that we really have to begin to pay attention pay attention to as 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 our life is how our life is set up. You know what what is our life? What does our life look like in order to accomplish our goals? Once again, you know, like I said, you should have your own goals. You should have your own mission, and those missions should just complement each other. Try try and and, and try to move forward together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so your advice to what if for people listening that may not know where their purpose is with their relationship, um, how would you suggest them to maybe approach that conversation with their partner? 
well, one of the things that my wife and I do, we do couple vision board parties. And at the beginning of the couple vision board party, we talk about, we do a SWOT analysis. And a SWOT is S-W-O-T. So SWOT stands for strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, and threats. And so my wife and I, we did this before we actually got married. And it was one of those things where we talked about our strengths. What were we good at? Then we talked about our weaknesses, things and areas that we needed to work on. Then we talked about the opportunities of, you know, our, our, our you know, stuff that we always wanted to do or, you know, stuff that we were passionate about. And here in your personal life, here, here's where purpose intersects. Purpose intersects at the corner of what you're passionate about and a problem that you want to solve. Because when you think about life and people, think of somebody that really made an impact on your life or think of somebody that you really admire. Uh, I can think back to people that I've, I've admired in the past. And I thought, like, let's say, let's t- think about maybe an uh, uh, entertainer. Many times an entertainer has the goal and the mission of making music, but their purpose is an inspiration. Right. So, so they took their gift, which was singing, mm-hmm. and talent, which was making music, and aligned it with a problem, a problem of, hey, man, the world needs some people to really, you know, get them excited about something. Yeah. And they transform people's lives. So yeah. what is it that you and your partner are good at? What are, you, what, are you, what, are, what are some areas that you need to work on? And then just looking at your community, looking at your neighborhood, looking at your, 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 your block that you live on. Start there. And just look at what problem can I solve or what problem can we solve together? What skills, gifts, and talents do we have that we can lend to a problem? And then we can work together on it. Because here's what a purpose does for your, for your relationship. It gives you a common goal and it gives you a common enemy. And when you have a common goal and a common enemy, it's hard to fight each other. Right. Right. Makes sense to me. Makes perfect sense to me. I wish, um, I don't know, I know, I wish, this is, for me, this is my second marriage as well. So I've been, been there, done this. <laughs> it's all a, a learning thing, but um I mean, it's part of the journey and it's part of really learning who you are in order to find that purpose, right? And mm-hmm. so what if um, what if um, a person sit, tries to sit down with their partner and wants to kind of communicate like this, but what if the other partner is not receptive to that, to that chatter? What would you... What would you say about that? Well, if, if that person, then you have to find out what connects, what connects with that person. So let's say you have a man and a woman and a guy is into sports, right? And the woman is not really into sports, but, you know, she really wants to have this type of conversation with him. Well, just connect the parallel lines of what sports are, you know, um, kind of like uh, an analogy. Okay? See, right. Our brain is this now this is I'm getting ready to go into what I teach organizations when I talk to leaders. So our brains 
works in 90% visual. It's 90% visual. So many times, that's why they say a picture is worth a thousand words. Because sometimes when you see a picture, it emotes certain emotions, certain feelings, and someone will begin to describe what that picture looks like. So there are words that connect with that image. And so if there are words that connect with that image, then the, 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 what the challenge becomes is you have to find the words that connects with the imagery that is going on inside of your partner. So if he likes baseball, you know, maybe you may have to begin to learn some, some, some baseball terminology in order to paint that picture. To paint that picture, so saying something like, you know, well, shoot, that was a home run. Well, that's he, he knows that language, and so if he knows that language, it paints a picture of him. Oh my goodness! Okay, she she's connecting with me. She's not right. uh, trying to change me. She's not trying to twist and turn me in any way. She's connecting. With, she's using my language. Now I travel all over, you know, different countries, and uh, I'll be headed to Puerto Rico in June, and I was in Haiti last year. And when I go to these countries, I always have to have an interpreter. And the reason why I have to have an interpreter is because I don't speak the language. And yeah. so what coaches, counselors, and uh, relationship coaches can do is they can sometimes act as an interpreter to help you really begin to dissect and break down how you connect, can connect with your partner. So if it comes to the point where, you know, that's not working and, you know, you're trying to connect with them, find someone that has, an, has the ability to speak their language so that you'll have an opportunity to connect with them. And then sometimes people are reluctant to coaches, and sometimes people are reluctant to sitting down and talking to counselors. And that's cool, and that's understandable. But And one of the things that I do you know, with a lot of my clients is, well, we, we don't put, we don't, I don't sit people down in a, in a chair and you know, let's say, let's talk. We may go out and have a bite to eat. Let's, let's talk yeah. over some coffee. You know, let's, let's yeah. get in an element where you're comfortable. So just like how we're talking now, we can begin to talk yeah. and hash some of the challenges that, you're, that you may be facing. Because what's important is that the connection takes place. And many times, my, my, my wife and I, we, we do a coaching series called Do You Want to Be Right or Do You Want to Be Happy? And sometimes people are fighting to be right when they should be mm. fighting to be happy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and that's it's kind of the painful truth. Sadly, <laughs> you know, you're you're arguing, and and it's deep down there's something more, you know, because like you said, sometimes you need that interpreter because, you know, I've even come across things that have been said, and then you take them a different way, and instead of asking, you know, what do you mean by that, you just mm-hmm. kind of spark back or. You know, that's something I've learned in my coaching um, is doing exactly that, is really just paraphrasing what you heard the person say instead of, you know, throwing the dish or <laughs> slamming the door and walking out, you know, like making a, a bold reaction because that doesn't always solve anything. It usually just brings more trouble in the end. Yeah, there are always four conversations that are going on in a relationship. There's what was yeah. said versus what was heard, yeah. what was meant versus what was felt. And the yeah. key to effective communication is getting all four of those on the same page. And yeah. one of the ways that we have to really begin to understand that is when we understand and break down conversational IQ and neuroscience uh, and really begin to understand that 
it's really about the words that we paint in that person's mind can set off a certain trigger. So to get a little, you know, scientific on you, our primitive brain is called the ambigula. And the ambigula is designed to connect, I mean, designed to defend. And there's the frontal cortex portion of our brain. And the frontal cortex portion of our brain is where, where, where um, you know, we give off uh, where, where trust happens, right? And so yeah. it's through the prefrontal cortex where oxytocin happens, and where oxytocin happens, that, that's pleasure. And mm-hmm. where the ambiguous happens, it releases cortisol, that's medication, so it's really just trying to medicate something for our pain. And so what the, the key is, is when we're talking, is we really have to bring that connect connector between the ambigula and the prefrontal cortex of our brain to really connect and say, you know what, yes, I trust you. Or, you know, the, the ambigula is I and the prefrontal cortex is we. So how do I communicate the words that connect to the we portion of a person? And it's really simple when you know what words to speak. I can remember growing up in Miami, and I took Spanish, you know, a couple of times in my life, and I can hear certain words in Spanish. And so whenever a word I knew in Spanish I could recognize in English, I would get a little excited because I knew that mm-hmm. she, what, we was talking, what they were talking about. But yeah. when I didn't know what they were talking about, I, I, I would either get frustrated because I wanted them to speak my language or mm-hmm. I've just got disconnected altogether. So yeah. that's what it looks like when we you know as it pertains to how men and women speak or couples speak. Somebody speaking a language that somebody else doesn't understand, and the only thing that's mm-hmm. taking place is frustration and disconnect. So we have to begin yeah. to learn those words that set off those triggers in that other person so that we can really begin to connect with one another. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I know, <clears throat> like, even speaking of that, in um, in relationships, I've had when it gets to that defensive mode, like things will be said that maybe aren't even true. Like that exactly. when that when that back part kind of clicks on, it's like, oh goodness, <laughs> yeah. Ooh, time to walk away. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I've definitely experienced that, and you know, a lot of. I think a lot of crazy things can happen when the brain goes into that state, you know, mm-hmm. um, even even crazy as physical abuse and stuff like that, right? Yes, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And, and, and that particular part of your brain, it, 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 it basically is trying to defend yourself. So it's coming up with three choices, fight, flight, or freeze. Mm-hmm. And most people choose the fight part. <laughs> yeah. they, they're ready to defend. Yeah. I've kind of, I used to be like that, but I've resorted to either trying to talk it out, but if the other person doesn't want to, I just walk away. <laughs> I've learned, yeah. I'd rather flee from it than fight about it because it's not, I don't like getting in that dynamic. <laughs> yeah, you, you got to battles. And that's another, you know, another key thing that we really just have to really pay attention to is we got to pick our battles. 
pick our battles, mm-hmm. and not everything is worth fighting over. Mm-hmm. Well, and I think, you know, um, I don't know if it's more so women than men, but I know in my own experience, I find myself, you know, trying to control in a way that it's not that I'm trying to control. It's just that I think things need to be done a certain way. So my personality is just that way. <laughs> mm-hmm. And But it comes off as very controlling, just like you said, the demand, right? And mm-hmm. when you demand something from somebody, chances are they're going to defend themselves, right? Or, or yeah. like, I don't think so. I'll do the opposite. <laughs> At least exactly. I would if somebody demanded something from me, right? And so that's a lot of, you know, my own inner... Um, work that I've been doing in the last five years since I've been with my hubby, uh, most times I would just walk away because it would be easier. You know, I'm happy by myself. And But with him, it seems like it's just, there's no walking away. It's learn about myself. You know, I take every opportunity um, to see where do I fit in because I'm the common denominator and I can only control me. I can't control him. Just me. <laughs> and mm-hmm. so far, it's doing well. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And, and, and the important part of that is what, 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 you know, like what you said is that own self-identifying journey that we have to go on. Many mm-hmm. people don't want to go on that journey and mm-hmm. really begin to learn more about themselves and who they are. They sometimes... Yeah, good and bad. And they somewhat, I talk about it in my book. I talk about projecting. When we start projecting our issues on other people, and mm-hmm. when we do that, um, it's just, it's a lost cause from there. It's yeah. really a lost yeah. cause because, you know, now it's like, I didn't even, the person's like, well, I didn't even do nothing. But mm-hmm. at the end of the day, what we have to really begin to understand is that uh, we must first really begin to understand that we have to give every relationship that we go into, we have to give that relationship the gift of a better us. Mm-hmm. And sometimes, you know, we have to take that introspective journey. Because I was one of those dudes that uh, I called women crazy, right? And I, you, hit, you hit that term just thrown around like, oh, man, women are crazy, women are crazy. And I got to the point in my life, I was like, wait a minute, man. All women can't be crazy, man. It may, maybe it's me. Maybe I'm doing something wrong. Maybe I need to work on myself a little bit. And when I really begin to do that, that's when I met a wonderful young lady who was who is now my wife. And here's the beautiful thing about that. There's, a, there's an Asian, um, there's an Asian uh, uh, proverb that says, when the student is ready, the teacher will appear. And I like to say when a person's soul is ready, their right mate will appear. But many times our soul is in so much turmoil and in so much disarray that we just go around blaming any and everybody. Well, they they did me wrong and they did this to me. And so we have to begin to take ownership of you know, of, of what was going on. Yeah, what what we did. And um, it's, it's, it's important to really begin to understand 
that you can never conquer what you're not willing to confront. So you'll stay on the same cycle of issues and problems and the same type of people. Why do I keep on meeting the same type of person? Because you haven't learned the lesson that you need mm-hmm. you need to learn yet. So you'll stay you'll be just like that hamster on the spin wheel, running fast but going nowhere and yeah. and, and then and be always ending up in the same situation. Yeah. Yeah, and you know, that's enough to discourage anybody, but I think, you know, the light at the end of the tunnel is people out there like yourself um, that can educate and help others realize that they're not crazy. <laughs> they're, that they exactly. can jump off that wheel at any time. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it, it doesn't have to be that way. <laughs> you can jump exactly. on type problem. <laughs> you know, so yeah, it's, it's, I think I thank you for for being out there and putting out you know the messages in your books and and everything um, because it's it's definitely a huge message that I think people need to hear. Um, myself included, because, you know, since I've really done my work, my life has changed. My business is better. My marriage is better. My relationship mm-hmm. with my kids is better. Um, you know, everything changes when you really just take ownership and not be victim to whatever, because I know my big thing was trust. i I've been cheated on so many times, and I was like, well, I don't know what it is. Guys are just bad. And and then I realized, no, I'm insecure and I'm constantly questioning and and not, you know, I have a lot to do with why I've been cheated on. Not that it's right or anything, but I have to be accountable in some way because I am the common denominator, you know. <laughs> and, uh, and when I realized, and I really dig down to the root of it, it was because, you know, as a child, I never felt good enough. So that's what I projected <laughs> out there, you know. And now it's like the opposite. It, because I could, I was good enough. I, could, I was smart. I could do anything, but I never finished anything. Or if I did finish it, I would never do anything with it, you know. I have mm-hmm. certificates in everything, but I've never done anything, you know. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, why is that? And when I dig down deep, it's a sense or a false belief of not being good enough. Where wow. That's very far from the truth, right? You know, I yeah, now well, I know you, that. You, you know this, man. Yeah, well, that's just it. And, and you know what happened is I was sitting as a, you know, I'm 38 years old and I was sitting in my living room and my mom was visiting and it was, you know, you do this wrong, you do that wrong, you do this wrong. And in that moment, it hit me and I was like, this is what it is. I feel like Mm -hmm. a failure. I feel like a crap right now. And then it was like a light bulb moment and I pretty much had to, you know, disconnect from her on that level because it's not okay. There's absolutely mm-hmm. nothing right about that. And, you know, I have control of that. It's my house, <laughs> you yeah. know. So I have to stand up for it and, and just know better that that's not what it is, even though when she's around, that's what it feels like, you know. But the difference between reality and what your brain kind of tells you sometimes is two different things. So... Um, in this relationship, things are different, and I know my value. I know I'm good enough. I know I'm this, and and I met a guy that hasn't cheated on me for five, six years, and you know, I, my trust levels are a little bit 
wonky because of past experiences, but I'm not, you know, crazy paranoid either. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I'm like 85%. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so I think that's that's a huge part of it is when you really um, look within and then you can start, you know, reaffirming to yourself that you're not these negative beliefs because that's that's a tough one for a lot of people, I think. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, the thing about it is if you just think about it like the way we were raised, you know, and and some of the things that we were were told and just like, you know, with with your backstory of not feeling good enough, you know, if we take a better – look about, you know, just having the opportunity to reach back into the to the next generation that's coming up and doing things differently. You know, mm, raising yeah. them and, 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 and uh one of one of the mentors that I have, he said this, he said, when you ask the right question, the universe opens up. And yeah. many times we ask disempowering questions. We ask we ask questions that close us up. But what if what would our life look like if we can ask the positive questions and ask those open questions that just really open us up to all the possibilities and all the the great things that and positive things that we could be. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like hitting the reset button on our lives. And, you know, we can't change our past. Mm-hmm. We can't predict our future. But the only thing that we can yeah. really, you know, take hold of is what we have right now. Mm-hmm. And, 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 and that's what we really have to, you know, that's, what we, that's the mindset that we really have to begin to embrace. Yeah. Well, I know, I know that was something with my kids. When I had my kids, I was like, I will do the opposite. <laughs> and so, I, you know, I'm constantly telling my kids they're beautiful, they're perfect, they're, you know, they can do anything they set their minds to, just very positive, structured conversation and communication. And my four-year-old goes all around and he tells people, I'm beautiful. <laughs> and I'm like, that's what I want. You know, I, and he makes people smile everywhere he goes because he's just that kind of kid. So that's what I want. I want him to be empowered to know that he is a beautiful human being, you know, for whatever he is. So I think that's, I think that's it. And just be in the now, like you said. And I think on that note, I will not take any, any more of your time because I know you're a busy, busy guy. Um, so, but I do want to totally thank you. And can you tell us your website so people can get in touch with you if they want to? Yes, uh, my website is Daryl Fletcher Speaks. That's D A R Y L F L E T C H E R speaks S P E A K S dot com. You can follow me on Instagram, uh, Twitter, uh, Facebook, all under Daryl Fletcher Speaks. I also have an organization uh, uh, in which you know I help relationships and couples uh, called the Love Logistics Circle. And so with the Love Logistics Circle, um, same thing on all, across all social media platforms, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, Love Logistics Circle. And basically our goal is to help struggling couples uh, improve the quality of their relationships and show uh, single people how to make their next relationship their best relationship. Mm-hmm. Awesome. 
Awesome. And I, I'm pretty sure uh, your website is on my website as well, which is uh, rawrelationships.net for our listeners. And, yeah, so yes. I just want to thank you so much. Is there anything you want to add before we No. Um, it was great connecting with you, and thank you so much for the opportunity to connect with your audience. I really appreciate it. Well, that was Daryl. What a pleasure uh, chatting with him. He's got some great, great knowledge. I definitely encourage you to uh, take a look at his website and get your hands on his books because I know I'm going to definitely be checking them out. So I hope everyone enjoyed the show, and thanks again for listening. Peace out. Thank you.